is matter all that matters? Or is there something more to the world around us and to our experience? Welcome to the conversation of our generation where we are solving the problems of today with the wisdom of the past. My name is Nick Jamel, the creator and host of the podcast here. And today we're going to be diving into uh, materialism and the human person talking about some of the valid concerns and good points materialists offer, some of the errors, and some of the corrections. And I'm kind of looking at this as I was prepping yesterday, thinking I really should have done this before, naturalism, because really this is very similar, just a little bit more narrow, actually, than naturalism is. And so we're going to dive into what materialism is, its errors, as I mentioned, and some of the good points that it raises, but then I do want to go to the corrections as well of this philosophy. And so and so since we've covered a lot of this, I think this will be a little bit shorter of an episode. I think a lot of these, there's several other philosophies that I want to discuss, and I think these will be a little bit shorter, like I mentioned last time, uh, probably closer to 20 minutes. But let's go ahead and dive into this topic. So again, I'm getting this from Wikipedia. I think it's a solid definition. It says here that materialism is a form of philosophical monism that holds that matter is the fundamental substance in nature and that all things, including mental states and consciousness, are results of material interactions. According to philosophical materialism, mind and consciousness are byproducts or epiphenomena of material processes such as biochemistry of the human brain and the nervous system without which they cannot exist. This concept directly contrasts with idealism, where mind and consciousness are first-order realities to which matter is subject and material interactions are secondary. So, it focused a lot there on the mental states, because I think that that is a big <clears throat> topic of discussion in, in between atheist and theist sides and the atheists generally fall on the materialism, naturalism, scientism side, and obviously theists fall probably closer to what idealism would be, but some sort of, especially in the Christian worldview, some sort of spirit precedes body, right? The idea that Aristotle offers that Christians also believe that the soul is what sort of forms the body, right? you what your body, the, what, what holds your body together over time is your soul. That is that active life force within you. And, and that's not all it is, but that is what, it is what keeps you constituted. And so when you die and your death is just the soul leaving the body, that's when your body can start to decompose. So in materialism, however, it talks about, says that it's a form of philosophical monism. And so Monism is the idea that you can sort of boil everything down to one thing, right? In theological terms, a lot of times you'll see sort of in Eastern religions that there's a monism, that the universe itself is God and it's sort of intertwined, right? You kind of have this idea that all there is is a universe and it is a thinking, living thing that creates itself anew and that's how reincarnation works, etc. So there is, there are some Catholic well, hymns that are sung in Catholic Church that I don't think were actually written by Catholics that sort of have a very monist feel that probably should not be sung because 
they are probably heretical, but I have heard them. <laughs> and so uh, that's what monism is. It basically can boil everything down to one thing. And so materialist says that matter is the fundamental substance. Everything boils down to matter. It's all that matters. <laughs> you know, but you can ignore that pun. <laughs> and so what you'll see is that they'll try, materialists will then try to explain anything that seems like it comes from something that's not material in a material way. So they mentioned uh, that mental states or consciousness, right, in that definition, or at least in the extended part of the definition, are epiphenomena is what they'll call it a lot of times or so, some sort of byproduct of brain chemistry. And so that's where the materialist stands on a lot of these types of topics. And so at first, I think it seems as far as their you know, valid concerns, I don't think there's as much. I think there's more to naturalism. It's a stronger worldview than materialism. And I'll get to why that is in a moment. But I think that the valid concern is that at first, we just encounter material things all the time. My computer that I'm you know, looking at right now, my microphone, the water and coffee that I have sitting next to me, the food that I eat, the chair that I'm sitting on, all of these things are material. And so at first glance, it's easy to say, yes, this is what, this is what we deal with, is the material things. And I think that that's really what materialism boils down to is it is a denial of God and the rationality that we have to sort of understand abstract concepts. It's a, quite often a relativist uh, anti-free will movement, right? They, if you, you can't have will if there's, you know, only material things. Will, a will is something that is immaterial, right? You can't have that. You can't have morality because abstract concepts really can't exist because they are not a material thing, even mathematical truths and some other things. So that's really where I think the errors fall fall into place. You know, materialism leaves out this large chunk of the human experience. And like naturalism, it, you know, it cannot fully account for the supernatural or the spiritual or some of these other phenomena. They often just deny it, you know, miracles and things like that. And in doing so, I think it, like I said, it denies free will and many other parts of our experience. And I'll explain why that is. But it can't accept abstract truths, moral, you know, moral truths, natural laws, beauty, a lot of times, you know, and even some of the mathematical truths can't exist if it has to be concrete and material, right? The the mathematical truths that we have could only exist once they are in play and actually acting, right? They can exist in action in a sort of way, right? I can have two pencils, but two plus two can't just equal four. You have to have two pencils and two pencils, and then you now have four pencils. And maybe I'm oversimplifying materialism. I am not an expert in it, in the philosophy, but I do think that if you're going to say everything has to be material, you have to deny those truths. And that's where I think naturalism is a bit more comprehensive because it can allow for natural laws. It can, it can allow for mathematical truths, right? It can have a little bit more to the worldview 
that doesn't have to be material it just is natural right nature doesn't have to just be that which is matter fully right there's a little we do understand that there's more to our experience than just the material world and so that is a important part of where i think materialism goes wrong is it just leaves out so much of what we know to be true what we know to be our experience as well because i think we have to take into account the phenomena that we encounter in our daily lives we can't just say that we we can't just take everything that we perceive as a given that's for sure but if we are constantly feeling over time that and perceiving certain things over time such as the beauty of music or the fact that it invokes something more in us than just noises hitting our you know our ears right it's not just sound waves hitting our ears and ringing through our eardrum into the you know whatever it is the stirrup and the i forget the exact all, all those bones in the, in your inner ear and then that's getting processed by brain chemistry like yes that does happen in a way but the meaning that we extract the feelings that we have those are real and i don't think you can explain that materially i i don't understand how and i I just don't understand how if there is no spirit that we can have these things these beauty and truth and goodness without something that is without a person that is intellectually capable that is rational that is that has a spiritual side that can encounter those things as a person as a subject as we talked about earlier on in this series and so i think what materialism really lacks is again same as naturalism an understanding of the spirit of the supernatural for sure but it really is a narrow understanding of the world around us on top of that it it would really have to do a lot to explain away experiences or fill in the gaps of experiences with natural phenomena so i guess you could do it with music and with you know with art and we can say okay these images and we do brain scans and we see that these things light up certain parts of the brain when they hear this kind of music when they look at this type of art etc when but then (laughs) you know how do you explain maybe you know when you show me (laughs) modern art my you know like the giant butt plug looking thing that is a statue somewhere in the uk i forget where exactly or in europe somewhere i think and i believe it's in the uk you know you show me that i get angry and disgusted <laughs> but if you show me you know the birth of venus then it's like oh that's beautiful you show me the statue of david that's beautiful i can look at that and appreciate it whereas you know your modern critical art theorist right is going to have very opposite reactions where do those come from that's not just brain chemistry that's there's something more that's in act and that's our spirits our intellect and our will deciding for ourselves our emotions right those things 
if we were just chemistry sets, those things should be basically the same, right? If you look at an animal, for instance, and you put a predator in front of it, every animal, unless we really mess up their brains and they have some sort of brain damage, they just react. But if you put a man in, in front of something that is scary or intimidating, a courageous man will confront it. A cowardly man will run from it, right? When, when we have to go into battle or into war, right? We rise to the occasion or we fall and we can make judgments about the choices that people make because we realize not only are they spirits that can assess the situation, we have free will, we have the choice. And again, you have to have something that is immaterial in order to have free will. If everything were just material, for instance, we would just be determined. We wouldn't be able to make moral judgments. We couldn't hold people accountable for their actions. We couldn't have a have any sort of justice or mercy, right? We couldn't do any it would just be like you know infants who at the time you know when they're young they don't fully have the capability to assess and to do all the things we can't hold an infant accountable because they don't have their faculties of reason yet right they're still developing that all they can do is sort of react to being hungry or soiling their pants or being tired or wanting mom right <laughs> that that's all they can do is just react if we were determined the same way as adults, we couldn't punish people. We couldn't reward people either. We would just have to let everything be. But the fact that we recognize these duties and these obligations to one another, that we recognize that when someone transgresses, transgresses other people's rights or property or livelihood or life, whatever that is, then we can punish them. Well, that means that there's something beyond just the material in action. And there are materialists, like, I don't know, I guess I don't know if he's te technically a materialist or naturalist, but, and now I cannot think of his name. <sighs> Shoot, he's a famous atheist. His Sam, I'll have to look it up. Sam Harris, there we go. <laughs> I thought of it before I did. So he has kind of the argument that, yes, we're basically determined, but we should act like we're not determined because that's the best way to be and it's like well why is that the best way to be that should point you towards the fact that that worldview is more correct then right if the scientific process didn't give us reliable understandings of the world around us and help us to build a knowledge base if all it did was just you know one time you run an experiment and you know this uh, of the scientific process if all it did was one time it told you one thing and then the other time it told you another thing and then next time you did that you learned it's something different well then that's not a reliable process for building knowledge right you can't repeat an experiment you can't repeat the ideas and learn what the actual process is that's taking place you're just all over the place you're just scattered everywhere and so if that was what the scientific process did, then it would not be a reliable thing to follow. But because it can help us to gain knowledge about the world around us, we use it as a source of inquiry. And I think that same thing goes with our moral understandings of the world, right? Our ideas of justice, our ideas of charity and courage, right? All these things, over time, we've 
developed them, and in doing so have improved society largely, right? We've, you know, acting like, <laughs> it's not just like acting like liberty helped to build America. No, liberty is a real thing. And so when we took that and we formed it and we put it into practice where we gave people the right amount of the right amount and types of liberty in the most full way we created the best country on the face of the earth and so i think that we have to take those things into account and recognize that materialism fails because it fails to explain all of those other truths that exist outside of that which is material I think it is fine if you are trying to run experiments in a chemistry lab, if you are trying to run experiments or track certain patterns in the natural and you know the material world, it's okay to boil everything down to material so that you're not trying to explain everything with miracles, right? We don't not everything's a miracle, that's why miracles stand out, right? Normally everything functions like normal. But we do have to recognize that there's something more, and this works for certain types of inquiry, but this isn't a comprehensive worldview. So that wraps up this episode. If you haven't been listening to the series, I have links to um, what is objective reality, what is subjective reality, the unity of subject and object, the golden mean for understanding objective and subjective reality, and then my correcting the errors of naturalism. And so definitely check those out if you haven't listened to those, because we will be continuing to build on some of the other errors that we see. So I think it's good to have at least the first three, understanding of the object, the subject, and the unity of subject and object. I think that's kind of where I build up my case a little bit, and then this is a little bit more of critiquing some of the shortcomings or the places where we fall outside of the mean of understanding and so definitely check that out i think there's a lot of great stuff there a lot of great things to go back and listen to if you if you missed it and if you're enjoying what i'm doing please head over to conversationofourgeneration.com slash subscribe to subscribe for five bucks a month it helps support the work i'm doing helps me to reach more people and eventually and, and just really right now, I'm taking that and putting it back into this, into the conversation of our generation, into hosting, into, you know, all of that stuff. So <laughs> that's really where the money goes. So if you would like to support me, I appreciate that. And if you just want to support me for free, you can follow me on Twitter, on Facebook. Just search conversation of our generation on any social media platform, except for Instagram. I'm not on there. Um, but I'm even on the other ones that I don't really use as much, mostly Twitter and Facebook, because that's where I've seen success and consistency. And then also to subscribe to the podcast, leave a good rating and review. And that stuff really helps with getting more people listening to the podcast, share it with somebody who you think would enjoy it right after you leave that five-star rating, the good review, because that's where Apple, Spotify, all those places go to look to understand whether or not this is a good podcast. So Thank you for all your support. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Conversation of Our Generation. Let's get the dialogue going. I'll talk to you next time.